Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah Welcome back to our Sira classes Where we are discussing the Meccan stage Last week we started to discuss Abu Jahl the father of ignorance, the leader of Kufr in Mecca. And as Muslims, we have to know the enemy. We have to know the qualities of the enemy, the plans of the enemy, because a lot of the times it repeats itself. And today we want to just mention his abuse of the Prophet And Abu Jahl, as is mentioned in Sahih Muslim, he asked once, does Muhammad وسلم, rub his face in the dust? Meaning, does he pray, does he prostrate at the Kaaba? Does he do this when he is amongst you? He was told yes. He said, If I see him, if I see him doing that, I will step on his neck or I'll rub his face in the dust. And the sujood, subhanAllah, it's the closest to abd is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it really irritates a lot of people for some reason. But as a Muslim, we are honored to make sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one day, the Prophet came and prayed and he, as we said, Abu Jahl had claimed that he would step on his neck if he saw him praying on or praying in the Kaaba. So he went to do this. But suddenly, all they saw from Abu Jahl is that he was running away, raising his hands to protect himself. And it was said to him, what is the matter with you? He said, there was a ditch of fire and terror and wings between me and him. Couldn't get to him, in other words, because of this. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, if he had come near me, the angels would have snatched him piece by piece. In other words, they would have torn him apart. The angels would have torn him apart. Then Allah revealed the words or the ayat from Surah Iqra, where Allah told us, No, but indeed man transgresses because he sees himself as self-sufficient. Have you seen the one who forbids? A servant when he prays. Have you seen if he is upon guidance or enjoys righteousness? Have you seen if he denies and turns away? Does he not know that Allah says? No, if he does not detest, if he does not stop, we will surely drag him by the forelock, a lying sinful forelock, and let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell, those who push the wicked into the fire. No, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near. This is the one incident. Another incident is that which is reported by Ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud, he witnessed this. And it's mentioned in Sahih Muslim, that the Prophet was praying once again near the Kaaba, while Abu Jahl and some of his companions were sitting nearby. Abu Jahl said, who will go and bring me the internal organs or the insides of a she-camel of such and such a tribe, which has just been slaughtered or slaughtered the previous day. Who would bring this and place it in between the shoulders of Muhammad wasallam? as he goes down into prostration. He will place it on his back as he is in sujood, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So one of the most accursed of them, Uqba bin Abi Mu'ayyat, he got up and he brought the insides of the she-camel. And when the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, went down in prostration, he placed it on his shoulders, on his back. And what did they start doing? They all started laughing, even moving their hands, uh, moving their bodies, falling over one another, in other words, as they stood watching. Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he said, they all burst out in laughter, falling over one, over another. At this, as I stood, he's an eyewitness here. He said, as I stood watching, 
had I the ability and, and protection, I would have thrown it away from the back of the Prophet ﷺ. Prophet ﷺ, as he's in sujood here, he bent down his head in prostration and he does not raise it. So imagine, he's there in sujood ﷺ, he did not raise it until a man went to the house of the Prophet ﷺ and informed his young daughter at that time, Fatima radiallahu who was still a young girl at that time. She came and then removed the filth from his back, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then she turned away towards those who had done this, those who were laughing, and started cursing him. Now when the Prophet sallallahu finished his prayer, and we'll finish with this, he raised his voice and made dua. He made dua, he made supplication against them. And as we know, when the Prophet sallallahu would say something, when he would make dua, he would repeat it three times. And he did this three times, and he started by saying, as they're listening, and it's in the Kaaba, and they even... They, the Quraysh, even though they were in Kufr, they used to believe that dua is accepted there, in and around the Kaaba. So he started by saying, Allahumma alayka bi Quraysh. Oh Allah, seize and destroy Quraysh. Take care of Quraysh, in other words. Now they heard this, their laughter stopped, and they feed his supplication. And then what did he do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He started mentioning them, one by one. The seven of them, as the report mentions. Allahumma alayka bi Abi Jahl. And then the rest of them. Seven of them. Now, what is amazing is that Abdullah Mas'ud said, by the one who sent Muhammad with the truth, he's making that oath here. I saw all of those, all of these guys who were laughing, the seven he mentioned. Where did he see them? Laying dead. Where? At the Battle of Badr, all of them, every single one. And this is amazing, my dear brothers. These are the leaders of Kufr, not anyone. They were the heads of Kufr. That's why Badr is so important, as we're going to discuss later on. Because the heads, the leaders of Kufr, were killed. So many years later, even though it took a while, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took care of them. So this is what we learn, that victory will come. Rush. As Muslims, we believe that victory comes from Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the victory. These seven were laughing, but who was laughing at the end? Even Abdullah Mas'ud was one of the ones who finished off Abu Jahl or was there when Abu Jahl passed away. So we learn a few more things from this incident and we'll conclude the courage of the Prophet He would pray and call to Allah even though they were doing this to him. In open sight of this kuffar, he would pray and call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, we learn about the courage of Fatima radiallahu anha. The young Fatima radiallahu anha, who is the leader of the woman in paradise, as the narration mentions. Here she is at this young age, coming out and doing what she did, as we mentioned. That's why we have to instill bravery in our children from a young age, based on iman, based on la ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah. We don't want cowards. We want brave children who will stick up for what? For la ilaha illallah. Also, we learn that there is a need, an expectation to bear harm and difficulty in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we want to strengthen Islam, to establish Islam, then there is going to be harm and difficulty in the path. And we have to expect that and know that this is the way and be patient along this way. We also learn from this incident the lowness or the level of the enemies of Allah. When the haq is clear, they have no response except to resort to what? Persecution. Cheap tactics, tactics which are unbefitting of real men, like we see this incident. Also, we see here from this incident, the linking of obligations with ability. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was unable 
to come to the aid of the Prophet Because if he had, he would have been attacked severely and most likely killed by Abu Jahl and his allies. So he's not held accountable for not doing so. And this is from the mercy of Allah. He does not burden a soul more than he can handle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does not burden a soul except with that which he can bear, as it's mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah. And lastly, the Prophet did not just ignore insults and harm. And he did not always just simply pray and make dua. Sometimes he replied. So the Prophet did not always simply just make dua and not react against those who attacked him in Mecca. Sometimes he threatened them. Sometimes he cursed and prayed against them. It depends, my dear brothers, on the context and, and the, the perpetrator, the, the enemy, the one doing the action and their record. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.